Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Good to be here. It is very good to be here. Great to be here. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Uh, as you guys know, we're Christians with Torah, and if you listen to the intro, you know what I mean? The people that are listening to this, you, know, you might be born again. You might be filled with the Holy Spirit, and there might be something telling you that maybe the whole Bible from Genesis to Maps is relevant for today, you know? This is true. Just something like that. And so this week's Torah portion is actually Lech Lecha, which means go forth. It's the story of Abraham, Yeah. right? And uh, Abraham receiving the call from God to to go forth and to leave his father's house and all that stuff. But uh, if you want to listen to that, we have tour portion episodes that we've been doing for the last four years. And so you can catch up uh, on it's Lech Lecha. Lecha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we do have four years worth of... of <laughs> oh, you'll get the gist of it. Oh, you'll definitely get it's the gist. timeless. Amen. Well, it hasn't changed. No. That's for sure. The tour portion hasn't. So, but this week we're going to be studying the book of Matthew. And today we are in chapter two. It has 23 verses. And we're pretty pretty excited. I don't know. Last week we did uh, the genealogies and uh, the story Getting of... ready for the birth of Yeshua. Right. And Takes exactly. a lot of your time. So today we celebrate Christmas. Wow. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> Something like that. So, Well, not really, but... Yeah, so, you know. We'll get into that. We will. We will. So do you have an intro to the book of Matthew, or could we just we jump have, right in? Uh, we have, we could just jump right in. So <clears throat> Matthew, the theme of Matthew is that Matthew is a king, right? In Matthew, he's a king. Right. So like you can take the four gospels and you can say right. like in Matthew, he's a king. In Mark, right? Servant. He's a servant. In Luke. He's a man. He's a man. And in John. He's deity. He's God, right? He's God. And That's so you, the theme, you yeah. can understand the character and purposes of Yeshua <clears throat> in each of the Gospels. That's right. Almost like looking at the same thing from four different angles. Praise God. That's it. So why don't you check out the visit of the Magi? The visit. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. So we're going to read. We're going to yes. read 1 through 6. This is in the New King James Version. New King James Version. Come on. So it says, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who it will shepherd my people Israel. Very good. So we've got a little twist on the narration there with the New King James Version, which is good, you know, to read it, read it like a story. Uh, so where was Yeshua born? He was born in Beit Lechem, Bethlehem, in Judea. That's right, the house of bread. House of bread. Southern Israel. That's right. And you know Yeshua. He born the, in the south. 
and Yeshua is the bread of life. And the South's going to do it again. <laughs> the South will rise again. He was a confederate. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No, not really. <laughs> he was for states' rights. He wasn't for federal. He's definitely for the state of Israel's rights. Well, we just went south on that one. We, we really went south. Literally, south. So, what was the name of the king that ruled over Israel and Judah? It's King Herod. Herod. Now, King Herod was an Idumean, uh, appointed king of the Jews under the authority of Rome. Now, what is an Idumean? Uh, Idumean, that would be like Esau. That's correct. It's an Edomite. Edomite. Why the New Testament says Idumean instead of Very Edomite? So, he had, uh, he, had some, uh, he had some Jewish blood. He had some Esau blood. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he ruled firmly and at times ruthlessly, murdering his own wife, several sons, and other relatives. He was a master builder who restored the temple in Jerusalem and built many theaters, cities, palaces, and fortresses. You do a whole another study on Herod. So you can, but you know what? His fingerprints are on things. So like the Western Wall, that look, right? Yeah. That's Herod. Herod built Caesarea, the Western the Wall, Aqueduct, yeah, uh, Hebron, right? So the tomb of the matriarchs and patriarchs. When you look at the walls there, you're like, that looks a lot like the Western Wall. Well, the reason is it was built by the same guy. That's interesting. All he, by Herod. Yeah, he was he was a builder, and he ruled from 37 to 4 BC. So as we develop this storyline, uh, we have the uh, the wise men coming, and then of course we have in Matthew chapter two verses one and two. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, we didn't develop this in the outline, but I thought it would be kind of interesting to do that as I could interject something. So we see his star. Now, was this a special astronomical sign or a planet? Because Jupiter is the king's planet. Some have said that it was a conjunction of planets. Of uh, I Jupiter and Venus, uh, a conjunction, uh, and it's interesting too if you go back and look at these signs, because it actually says, and I'll just read this real quick here. It says right here in Revelation twelve. Yes, Revelation twelve, verse one. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven: a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head a crown of twelve stars, an right. astronomical sign. And she, being with child, cried travailing at birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God into his throne. So it's a little capsule of time there, but in Revelation 12, it gives you an astronomical sign. Now, I did a little study. This was a real astronomical sign in 3 BC for the Feast of Trumpets. And the woman mentioned is Virgo, the virgin. Right. So it's interesting that the virgin... the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So Revelation 12 is is a true astronomical sign that was over Jerusalem. You can look this up for yourself. Look up Feast of Trumpets, uh, and I believe it was 3 BC. Uh, And so um, the Feast of Trumpets, that would have been the sign. So Yeshua could have been born for the Feast of Trumpets because they're heralding his birth, the shepherds and everything. So, you know, but we'll get into... You know, well, and their angels appeared well. to the shepherds and all that, so that was probably the better sign than any. <laughs> now, they, they said here now, they said that, um, 
well, basically, let's see here. It, it says here that uh, they mentioned the word king and the word star. Yeah. So what would be associated with that but, but a scepter? So, so um, That's right. The wise men would likely have been familiar with the Old Testament prophecy through interaction with Jews in Babylon, and they may have remembered Balaam's prophecy that a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Numbers 24, 17. That's right. That's right. So the Magi, you know, knew Daniel and everything. Right. So I was getting ready to go there. So there here's what's go. interesting about, so this word wise men is magoi in, in Greek or magi, which is where we get that word magi from. Um, and then you mentioned that these guys might have been, you know, in some way, shape or form interacting with the Jews. There was Babylon. an entourage of wise men. It wasn't just three. Right, there's right, right, right. More. Right. Well, and so you know, there's some, there's some. I don't want to say folklore. There's some, uh, some stories all around this, right? But it all centers around this. And so, uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter five, uh, in verse eleven, it says, um, "Well, we'll start. We'll start with uh, chapter verse nine. It says the king Belshazzar. Was, Where are you at? Uh, chapter five, verse nine, in the book of Daniel." And gotcha. It, and it says, "Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed." and his lords were astonished, right? They couldn't figure out what was going on. And the queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall, and the queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. Why? Because there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father... Light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. Right? And so the kings in these, you know, in Babylon would have like a whole entourage, like you mentioned, of wise men that gathered their wisdom from different sources. Some were soothsayers, right? Some were astronomers. The magi, right? The magicians specifically were. Um, like Pharaoh's court, like Pharaoh's court, but the Magi. It's saying here that Daniel was the chief Magi, and so these guys were astronomers. So they were looking to the stars and seeing the signs in the heavens and interpreting the signs in so the if heavens. They came from the east. It looks like it's Babylon. Exactly right. And so there's a th- the, the folklore that I was mentioning is that there was you know Daniel being the chief Magi had like a school of prophets, right? A school of people that were. Um, you know, working and learning from him, and that these people may have received this as a passed down tradition, and that when the the sign appeared, that's when they headed out. But from the tradition of Daniel, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, I don't, I can't tell you that's the truth, but I can tell you, I I think but it's. But they cool. were definitely given a sign, and they followed it. Oh, absolutely, and they knew the and sign. They, they they paid homage, so and the signs were right, and they were correct. Exactly right. So they maybe were they didn't correct. Have all the details, right? But they're like, we need to pursue this yeah yeah well, and, and the sign so that's says, the influence of daniel yes i would think absolutely because otherwise why would you even pursue anything like that right. i like the movie the nativity that was good yeah it was a real good movie. very good so uh so there's a lot to, to, to look at here you know um of course the scepter you know we didn't get into the lineage of of yeshua being the tribe of judah per se and dig deep into that but that's something to consider that that's the line of Judah. It is, yeah. In, in the Gospel of Matthew, who was the tax collector. Uh, so who was troubled when they heard that the wise men were looking for a son who was born king of the Jews? So it's King Herod, and then it says King Herod and all Jerusalem with him. 
Yeah. And so this, I was confused by this, but then I was kind of thinking, you know, I was, I was giving it some, some thought and I was like, well, how would all Jerusalem be troubled with them? But then I, I realized, well, okay, first off, back then Jerusalem wasn't as big as it is today. Jerusalem's a major metro- right. metropolitan city today. Um, but when you think about the, the old city itself and the size of it, it wasn't that big. And if somebody were to say to you, man, Washington, D.C. is in an uproar over this, what would you think of? You would think politicians and bureaucrats. So when they're saying that King Herod and all Jerusalem, you were thinking, okay, well, it's King Herod and his court and all the people that serve I would, I would, in the administration. I would, I would say that you, you could encompass uh, the ruling religious authority. Look at, look at you. Yeah. I mean— I agree. It's something to consider, yeah. not to speculate, but to say, okay, let's, let's think about this, this whole religious system was bad. Right. I mean, Yeshua goes and turns tables over. Absolutely. He calls them out. Yeah. You know, and that's what he does, you know, and so he really, he really went after them. But, you know, like I said, I think it's the ruling religious authority. Yeah. Uh, you have layers of people wanting power. Yeah. Even now, as we develop into our, our system of government during COVID and everything, people are jockeying for power and position to mandate a lockdown. Yeah. Putting the hammer down in California. Or you Australia. will get the vaccine. We're going to lock you down for, for years. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, well, that's their authority. Yeah. So this is why, you know, it's kind of interesting as I think about the North and the South, the Civil War or whatever. Now that I start thinking about states' rights versus federalism. Right. You know, because Alexander Hamilton was a federalist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you had the different parties even back then thinking, okay, how should you delegate power and authority? So, so you know, when you stop and look at it and think about it, uh, Herod has, had his own authority that was given to him by Rome. So he would want to keep peace and keep order. Why? Because then he would keep his position. Right. So he was, he was definitely uh, a narcissist. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, an egomaniac. I mean, he was just all about himself. I mean, to kill your wife and your children and to be just so, uh, what do you call it, uh, paranoid. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stories throughout history with royalty killing family members because, you know, of trying to... Uh, I think his wife's name was Marianne or really? something. I think really? it was Marianne. I think he, and then he built a tower in her name because he felt guilty or something. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to build a tower and name it after you. <laughs> oh, <I'm> thanks. <laughs> I know. Love you too. <laughs> but keep keep your crazy, tower. Though. I mean, if you stop and think about um, even today's religious authorities or leaders... In some of these countries, you know, the stuff they pull and do, it's totalitarian government, socialism, oh, insane, yeah. you know, this is spreading, you know, we got to, we got to look at this. So this is very interesting. Now, so when King Herod had gathered all the chief priests uh, and scribes and asked them where Christ should be born, what was their answer? In Bethlehem of Judea. Bethlehem of Judea. You think he would know that, right? Don't you, you think? You would don't think. you think he would know that? But he's confirming, right? So uh, the... The Magi come over and they mention it, and rather than just taking their word for it, he confirms the word with his his wise men, his group, yeah, and his court. He didn't have the answer. No, he didn't. Obviously. Wow, that's interesting. It's kind he, of sad, really, that the King of the Jews doesn't know where the King of the Jews is going to be born. <laughs> so the word is out that the Messiah is being born, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa!" You know. Yeah. So he's scrambling now. Okay, well. Where is he going to be born? Imagine this. If you live in a just manner serving the Lord, then the news that the Messiah is being born is exciting news. But if you're not and you're oppressing God's people, then the news that the Messiah is being born is terrible news. Bethlehem is just south of Jerusalem. Yeah, it's it's, right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's it's part of Judea. Uh, Then, of course, we have this, uh, this prophecy is fulfilled, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah... 
art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So that's the fulfillment of it. This is a quote from Micah 5.2. Uh, and here's the prophecy in Micah 5.2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Yeah. So there's the prophecy there. And the prophecy fulfilled. That's what we want to do in Matthew, is to show you the prophecy and then go back and reflect on it. Because we're going to dig deep in some interesting prophecies yeah. that you've never thought of like this. Because it's like a little thumbnail, a little mark there uh, to go back to. And they make a, a reference to a scripture. And they want you to go back and read the whole chapter. Yeah. I don't have time to get into that. But, uh, but to consider that you know, King David was born in Bethlehem and from the tribe of Judah. Now, King David is likened to the Messiah because he was the only earthly king that was a prophet, priest, and king. So how can King David of the tribe of Judah be a priest? So if he's a prophet and a king, because a king comes from Judah, we can check the box. He's from Judah. He can be a prophet because a prophet can come from any tribe. Mm -hmm. But a priest has to come from the sons of Aaron. He's like a type of Messiah. To a prelude to look at and say, wow, look at this. Because Yeshua is a prophet, priest, and king. Right. So he would be like a, a type and shadow. But neither neither of them being Cohen's, neither of them being sons right. of Aaron, both called priests. It, you know, he did eat the uh, unleavened bread off the table. Is it possible that they are priests of a different order than the <coughs> Levitical order? Now that could be something to look into. Could it be maybe they're from the order of Melchizedek rather than the it, order of interesting, Aaron? Interesting line of priests. It's just I, I think there's something there. There definitely yeah. is. Um, I've even heard that Yeshua is the tenth priest in the line of Melchizedek, because you have you know you go from Shem and all the way down. Or it's whatever. interesting, but you yeah. know what? Well, there's a lot, of, but, lot to do. But what does God want? <laughs> a nation of priests. Yes. Yeah. And that's even found in uh, Peter makes mention of that in one of his letters. Amen. That 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 God wants a nation of priests. You know, and which not they Levitical were all priests, the Torah, right? You know, I wish they all prophesied. You know. Um, so, so when Herod met privately with the wise men, did he ask them to go to Bethlehem to find the young child so that he could worship him also? Yes. But they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we are on to you. <laughs> no, they're not until they have something else happen. Well, of course, of course. Now, yeah. I would say that these are hidden motives in hindsight. You think? <laughs> yeah. So evil has their intentions. Yeah, let us trust the Roman But God puppet. has his intentions. Yeah. So he has to supernaturally intervene, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So the wise men made their way to the city of Bethlehem and followed the star that led them to the young child. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. So it says right here in Matthew 2, 11, in, in, in this part of the story, and when they were coming to the house, now notice they came into the house. Right. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So before we get into the wise men and the gifts, so Yeshua was born in a manger, Luke 2, 7. But by the time the wise men found him, he was in a house. Right. So there was these two words that are used, which is very interesting. The word babe, for the, the one in the manger, mm-hmm. um, is the, is the word uh, brephos, an infant. And then uh, in Matthew 2.11, it says the young child. What's, what's that Greek word again? 
Pideon? Pideon. Pideon, yeah. Yeah, Pideon is a child, a little different, a little more mature right. reference uh, to a child. So he's not like a little baby in a manger, so they say that it could have probably been two years. Yeah, he had to be at least two or under. Now, isn't it interesting as they tell this story, as we go to page three here, isn't it interesting that the, the wise men come to the manger, but that's not the Bible? <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody the nativity a, scene, you mean? Somebody was asking me that. Oh, it was Micah, my son. He goes, I picked up on this, that they went to the house, they didn't go to the manger, yeah. and a light bulb went off. Because, see, we're conditioned. We're told these things as a tradition. Yeah. I'm going to let you take it from here. Well, the other thing that I saw was also that the, the star, right, is what brought them there. Right. Now, now, remember, these guys are magi. They're astronomers. They're expert astronomers, astrologers, whatever you want to call them. And so how they make it, like, I mean, I understand the star thing to an extent, but like, how does the star literally point them directly? Because I feel like you can be within like a 10 mile radius at least and feel like the star is right above you. So that means that that sign in the heavens, the astronomical sign of the star, right, was there after his birth. Right. It literally was pointing to him. Yeah, it had to have been. Because they followed it. Right. So they even had to... Wait until he was two years old yeah, there, to finally come to that place. Yeah, there's something. I mean, I, I don't know exactly how it works. Because um, there's no Magi at the stable. But wouldn't it be cool? See, when major. we get there and we're doing the podcast with the Magi, that's going to be a cool question to ask them. Well, hopefully some of them made it. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I think they did. Uh, I think they put their faith and Very trust interesting in, story in the young child. Who we're going to run into, yeah. who we're going to talk to. Yeah. That is quite fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I have a feeling the magic you know, that, will be there. That's the, you know, I lay in bed at night and I never wonder. Gosh, what am I going to do in heaven? I'm going to be talking to everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's why I try to tell everyone, even in the church. I said, think about all these people you get to talk to. Oh man, just the stories. It's not going to be boring at all. Oh no, nobody's going to be boring. No, listen, it's going to be. You could spend a lifetime with each character. And still have time left over. Like the guy that's <laughs> by the pool of water. Remember Jesus healed him. Yeah. Do you want to be healed? Yeah. I mean. He's like, I'm sitting by the pool of water for I mean, how many years? How many and he's a cripple. Decades, yeah. And God just waits because time means nothing to him. He's not bound by time or no, nature. No, sure God isn't. isn't. Boy, we but are, to, though. But to, but to him, being crippled for that many years, middle-aged man, there's nobody to put me in the water. I mean, and then all of a sudden, Jesus heals him, mm-hmm. and he's changed. Take that and magnify that eternally. You know, I never understood that until I saw that episode of The Chosen recently. That has, you know, the, him sitting by the water and the water gets stirred up and you have to be the first person to get to the, where the water stirred up. That's what, yeah, that's what it was. Which about. was his pitch. He couldn't make it there. That. It's very yeah. interesting. Right. Oh, you got to look at Greek mythology, Greek culture. Right. Yeah. I had no, I, just, I just, I was like, know, why doesn't he just. Zeus crawl? was the chief God. Like somebody could put him in the water. Usurped <laughs> Zeus. But it wasn't just getting in the water. It was getting in the water that, while it was stirred up and being the first one. So it was a race. All these people that needed healing were racing to get to it. So if your legs are bad, then you you, you got know, a handicap. Um, what is it? Uh, Literally and figuratively. What, 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 there's, a, there's a saying, you know, it's a rat race. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a rat race. Yeah. Okay. And just when you thought you've won, along comes faster rats. Yeah, oof. Not good. But listen, think about this, though. Even if you win. You're still a rat. Ooh, the rat you race. dirty rat. Do you think the culture's a rat race right now? Oh, absolutely. 
especially with distractions that are oh, man. a rat race. The distractions are so prevalent. A rat race. So tell us about these three gifts. Yeah, so the... the I, I like that part. Yeah, the, the Magi br- bring gifts, right? They bring gold, there frankincense, value there. and myrrh. Absolutely. Oh, boy, that carried him over. You talk about Jesus' baby shower? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. Yeah, they probably ate for a lifetime. He had to be born in a stable because where are sacrifices born? But in a stable. <laughs> I know. Mind blown. All the way around. Wow. You can't say that Yeshua wasn't humble. No, That's for unbelievable. Sure. Yeah, he was born boy, in, he got some good gifts. in a barn. <laughs> and Mary and Joseph were like, yeah, yeah, the son of God. I don't know what the value is of these gifts that he gets as yeah. a baby, but I'm telling you, it, it's, it's thousands of dollars. It has to be. You know, when I started raising livestock, I built you know, uh, like stables, birthing barns, you know, just for the purpose of having a place to isolate, you know, the moms and the babies and stuff away from everybody else. They don't get hurt or trampled or whatever. And, uh, I would say that's a humbling place to be, especially if you're a human being born there, you know? Yeah. Just, just you're up off the poop in a feeding trough. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) All right, so the gold that was given was fit for a king and valuable. It is indeed a royal medal, and in the ancient world, it was even rarer than it is today. Frankincense was a gift for a priest, since it was mixed with oil and used to anoint priests. And myrrh was used to prepare dead bodies for burial. So we can see there a lot of prophecy just in the gifts themselves, right? And so we have no historical information for the birth date of Messiah because he always existed. And so there may be context clues that we can put together, like you mentioned. Seasons. Trumpets, 3 BC, the sign in the heavens. Yeah, shepherds wouldn't be out in the field at the end of December in Israel. They get a kick out of that. Correct. Yeah, we obviously know he wasn't born December 25th. That's one of the things. Yeah. Um, and of course there's other things as well, uh, dealing with the census, also dealing with, uh, John the Baptist being, I guess, six months older than him. Right. They're saying that John the Baptist would have been born around Passover. Correct. The spring. And then six months later would put Yeshua Jesus in the fall feast. That's right. So very interesting. But yeah, uh, there is no historical information for the birth date of the Messiah because he has always existed. Right. I like that. Yeah. And it, and it says in John one, right, that he created all things through him. Everything exists. Right. And that today it is his existence that holds everything That's together. Right. He's the glue. And so finally, the wise men were warned of God in a dream not to return to Herod, and so they departed to their own country a different way. So God, God is using, like, angels, oh, yeah. dreams, yep. visions. Yep. Remember the angel came to Joseph, don't divorce Mary. Well, here's what's cool, right? What makes them wise like when you describe somebody as wise, what makes somebody wise? Well, I would say knowing God would be the number one attribute. Because if you know God and God is giving you revelation, well, then you're going to make good decisions based on the revelation wisdom, of the Creator. I believe is the application of knowledge. Oh, I agree, hundred yeah. um, percent. You know, uh, here I can give you another working man's definition, also out of the Book of Daniel. It's cool that you know we we can find good clues in the Book of Daniel. Um, It says here in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, and it says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God. And the opposite were those who do wickedly against Daniel 11 what? 11.32. Because the whole verse is those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Talking about the Antichrist corrupting those people. 
right? The ones who are wicked. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So we can take this verse and we can apply it to the wise men and see, right, that because they were following the prophecies of God, right, they were wise, and they didn't listen to the one who was trying to corrupt them by flattery. No doubt he was like, oh, welcome, you know, giving them the flatteries, you know, doing the whole uh, royal uh, treatment or whatever, rolling out the red carpet for these guys. Oh, and when you get to Bethlehem, make sure you come back and let me know where he is so that I can come and worship him. they don't know him. Herod's character. No. They don't it, know him personally. So what happens? They Because of this, they, they receive revelation through a dream from yeah, God. Go out another way. And they carry out great exploits. And, and that's where, where God intervenes. And we are talking about them today, even still. God intervenes. Praise so let's God. check out uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Joseph gets a warning. Ryan's going to read that. New King James. Come on. Yeah, that's right. All right. So here it Continue says, on in the story. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Wow, so where did the angel of the Lord tell Joseph to take his family in a dream because Herod was going to destroy the child? To Egypt, to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, you know, uh, Mitzrayim, Egypt. Uh, where would the Lord call out his son in regards to the prophecy found in Hosea 11.1. One. Also Hosea. Or right. Also, sorry, also Egypt. <laughs> also Egypt. Also Egypt. Answer is Egypt. Answer you know, is Egypt. Um, so if you go back and look, Yeshua fulfilled a lot of human, humo, uh, I want to say human events. Yes. Uh, just like the uh, children of Israel had to go down into Egypt, so did the son and also things that he had no control over so it's not like he heard the prophecy and then went and did the thing right it all it was all orchestrated so you're going to see how things are actually going to be played out uh even uh in matthew 3 as we get into that next week but yeah so joseph gets a warning and the country of, of egypt um today is the most populated of all the arab states with over 104 million people wow right now 104 million people, the most populous Arab state, and President Sisi um, is the president. He's, of course, the, uh, the military leader. Uh, it is a, a dictatorship, a totalitarian, but I will say this, though. Uh, Joel C. Rosenberg has an interesting book out uh, about enemies and, fo- and foes, or enemies and allies. Enemies and allies, I believe that's the name of it. It's his most recent book, but he talks about going to these... Um, uh, Islamic states, Islamic countries, and with a delegation of ev- evangelicals to talk about, you know, human rights. Why can't Christians live in an Arab state? Yeah, you know, and it's quite fascinating the uh, the delegation that he has and the people that he meets. Yeah. So President Sisi is all against the extremists, the Muslim Brotherhood. He shut it down. Right. You know, and and he 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 actually built the largest cathedral. I believe, in, in the Middle East. Didn't you tell me he also met with the King of Jordan? Yes, King Abdullah. Wow. Joseph Rosenberg is a believing Jew. He's got, I guess, three or four sons. He lives in Jerusalem. But he is a, uh, he's a go-getter, man. He's a, he's, wow. a, uh, he's a mediator. And so he met King Abdullah, stayed in his palace and everything. It was unbelievable. So God has brought him before kings. Yeah, and then the UAE, United Arab Emirates, he met with those dignitaries wow. and the, the, the Saudi prince. 
Yeah, Saudi wow. Arabia. So there's something happening with a coalition of some of these Islamic states that want to com- come against like Iran yeah. and all that stuff because uh, you got the Houthis, you got the, you know, all these uh, militias where right. Iran is feeding into these rebels right. and causes. The Houthis, the, you've got, of course, you've got uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, that a lot of it is funded through Iran. You know, Lebanon is just in a, you know, a terrible state of economic decay and famine and everything. It's um, bad, yeah. Which is really, really it's bad. falling apart so, every so, day. You know, so once again, so Egypt plays a really big part. Uh, and moving into uh, what did Herod do when he was mocked of the wise men? So he feels mocked, obviously, right? And so he was exceedingly wroth, and he sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under. So they never came back to him, and he was ticked. No, he wasn't happy. He was like, all right, I'll just kill all the children. He was mad. And look what happened. Uh, He uh, slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. I just caught this. And in all the coasts thereof, the surrounding areas. Yeah. You know, from two years old and under. And in the King James, it says all the children. It doesn't say all the male children. And then in New King James and every other translation I was able to look at, it says all the male children or the boys or whatever. It gives uh, um, other things that include, you know, the detail. It's interesting, yeah. It says that it's here, male children. all the children. Yeah. And so when I looked it up in the Greek, it's this word pais, like P-A-I-S, and I could not discern if there was a way to tell if it is male or female. Um, he was going after the males, but yeah. yeah. I assume he was going after the males because yeah. he was going after the, the seed of a king, right? That's right. But I don't, I can't, you know, tell you one way or the other from a, a original text because I don't speak Greek. So, so there's a reference here. This is why we want to really get into the Gospel of Matthew um, in, in Matthew uh chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Uh, then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. So what's interesting is, if we put these pieces together, we have to actually go to uh, Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen. Right. And it says here in Jeremiah thirty-one fifteen, the reference itself. Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, uh, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Now we have to keep reading. Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping. Hallelujah. And thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their border. Amen. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'll read some more. But Rachel weeping for her children talks about the northern captivity of right. the ten tribes, Ephraim, being right. taken and out of the land. Because Jeremiah 31 no more. is to the northern kingdom. prophecies right. about Israel. So the, these, these children were removed. The northern kingdom were a part of Rachel. Correct. And so the thing is, if you go back and look at the birthright for Ephraim, but but not only that, but listen to what it says here. It says, and there is hope in verse 17, and there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. So the children do exist and they will come back. Now, this is where it gets to be very interesting. Yeah, so when they only they come back. Right. I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself, 3118 of Jeremiah. I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself, thus thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised as a bullock, unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. 
Surely after that I was turned, I repented, and after that I was instructed. I smote upon my thigh, I was ashamed, yea, even confounded, because I did bear the reproach of my youth. Now look what it says here. As far as Rachel weeping for her children, for them right. not. Oh, they're, they're doing great. Look at this. Is Ephraim, my dear son, is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. Set up, set thee up waymarks, make thee high heaps, set thine heart toward the highway, even the way which thou wentest. Turn again, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these thy cities. Look at this, this prophecy here, verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall encompass a man. Come on, The bride somebody. is pursuing the Messiah. Hallelujah. The woman is pursuing the man. That's right. Coming back. That's why Yeshua went to the woman at the well. So we keep this in context, right? And who is Ephraim? But those people that are non-Jews coming out of the nations. That's right. It's that simple. That's right. And they're coming... To the, to, to the aid or to the to the supporting of the Jewish people and, of course, the state of Israel. Amen. That's right. And, and how do we get there? Well, Rachel, Jacob's wife, gave birth to Joseph, north of Israel. But when she gave birth to Benjamin in Bethlehem, she died, right? So she died in Bethlehem. Now, what's interesting about this whole thing and the way that we get to this is if you read in Genesis 48, the name Israel is given to Ephraim. Literally, it says, and I will put my name upon him, right? Talking Jacob, talking, or Israel, because he's calling himself Israel at that point, gives his name to Ephraim. And so that's how you get that northern kingdom of Israel, and right. then the southern kingdom has a different name, the Judah. Assyrian captivity. Right. And so this is talking about the return of Israel from that captivity. And in Amos, it says that they'll be placed into their border, into their land, and they will not be plucked up again. Amen? Because Amos is... The correspondent prophet to that the is, That is good. Now, in, in regards to the prophecy of Rachel weeping for her children, it goes on to say that her children will return to the land, and Ephraim is a dear son to the Lord. So everything you just read about Ephraim and how, you know, it, if it doesn't describe me, I don't know who it describes, right? Well, if we go earlier in, Bearing the, the, reproach in, the, of my in the chapter, youth, it says right here, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Yeah. So he has the firstborn blessing. But today, think about the world. those of us that come out of the world, right? That don't have an identity, but receive an identity in Christ. That's right. What do we do? We smite our thigh. We're like, oh, oh, vey, yeah. why did I do the stupid youth, things yeah. that I did? The sins of my youth comes <laughs> Right? Upon, the yeah. reproach of our youth. It comes up and, it, and God brings it to mind and we regret those things. Um, but God, you know, praise the Lord, gives us a path to forgiveness and, you know, right standing with him. So everyone needs to go back and check that out again. Oh, man. That's what it's so cool about. We're going to develop the cross-references. Yes, absolutely. And bring light to the cross-references that haven't been brought out. Well, Like people think the Magi went to the stables. Wow, that blew my mind. They went to a house. So you're learning things right, all the time. Yeah. Like, well, why is Rachel weeping for her children? Because she died giving you know, birth to Benjamin. Right. But why would she be weeping for her children? Because they are no more, because they were taken out of the land. But God says, hey, they're going to come back. And well, the children are okay. And in her city, the two-year-olds and under were slaughtered. That's right? true. That's so they're right. using this to say, hey, look, this right. is this is another, uh, uh, an object lesson for right. understanding that, listen, I, even though you think all these bad things have happened, don't worry, God has a plan. He's bringing them back, you know? Those two-year-olds will be brought back in the resurrection, amen? Right. And they'll be brought into glory, praise God. That's good. So, all right. Let's continue on. Man, I'm just getting started, we're number 13. we're almost done. 
So what did the angel of the Lord tell Joseph in a dream after the death of Herod? Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. It's in a dream. Yeah, my favorite part about that verse is take the young child and his mother. Yes. <laughs> you got to take his mother too. That's right. Um, number 14, but when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. So where does he want to go? He wants to go back to Bethlehem area, right? He wants to go back home. But what does he do? He goes up to Nazareth instead, Now, or to Galilee. I find this interesting because I was having a conversation with an Orthodox Jew about this, and they asked me, well, the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, but Jesus is a Nazarene, right? How does that work? And I was like, oh, thank you for asking. Let's Some good stuff. Please turn it with You're me. You're going to get into that, aren't you? To Matthew chapter 2. Well, I mean, it's right here. I mean, we're, we're reading it literally. This verse, chapter two twenty two, uh, Matthew 2.22, right. says that the reason, so they go down to Egypt after being, so he's born in Bethlehem. God, you know, warns Joseph, they go down to Egypt to escape persecution. From Egypt, they go back to Israel, but you know what they end up doing? He gets warned, hey, listen, Herod's, Herod's uh, son is in charge, the next Herod, right. right? You have Herod number two, part deux. So instead of going back to be so close to Jerusalem, you should go up to the Galilee region and live there. Um, which they use that, you know, for a couple reasons. But it says, where did Joseph finally dwell? And it says in uh, verse 23, in a city called Nazareth. Now, Yeshua, the son of God, would be called a Nazarene because that was spoken by the prophets. Can you find a cross-reference for me where it says that he would be born or be called a Nazarene? No. Neither could I. The only thing that I found was I found that in the book of Judges that Samson, and it says that a prophecy around Samson's birth, that he would be called the Nazarene because his mother the was... The Nazarite vow. Right, the Nazarite vow. But you sure he drank grape juice, and he grew his hair long. Didn't cut it, but right, he drank grape juice. Yes, he did. That's true. So, so he would be a Nazarite. So a he's Nazarene. not a Nazarite. He's a Nazarene but, but from once Nazareth. Again, I mean, if, if you if you see this though, Matthew is not quoting any specific prophecy, but perhaps that the Messiah would be despised. Mm. He would be despised. So, but, developing this kind of storyline, though, and we'll, we'll conclude it with something really good. But if you could go to, if you could go to, let's see here. So would Nazareth be compared to like say the south side of Chicago? I don't know. It's or not like good. Baltimore? Let's <laughs> let's go to John one forty six in your in your Bible. In my Bible. Oh, in John one forty six, the town of Nazareth was despised in the time of Yeshua. Hmm. All right. So it says here. And Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Now ooh. go to seven forty one. John seven forty one. This is keep, continuing on and, 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 and where he's from, not where he's born. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's from Nazareth. Seven forty one. It says here, others said, "This is the Christ," but some said, "Will the Christ come out of Galilee?" Really? What about verse fifty two? And then verse fifty two. They answered and said to him, "Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee." Wow. Now, if, if we go to a prophecy, I'm just going to go to, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. 
Oh, okay. Just in Matthew because... Is that allowed? It, yeah, it, we're going to do this. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 14 to 17, Oh, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light has sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali is Nazareth. Right, right, right. Because it actually is the cross-reference to... Can you read Isaiah verse, uh, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 9? Isaiah 9 verses 1 and 2 talk about a light coming out of this part of the area, which is Nazareth. If you go back and look at the map... Isaiah what? Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 is the prophecy. Isaiah... Nine. All right. It says here, Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now, it's interesting, right? Because right here, if you look at a map. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's telling you Naphtali and Zebulun. Yep, right there. It's right there on the border. Nazareth is between Zebulun. Those two areas, a light would shine forth into the geographical In the Galilee region. So in the Galilee region to the west. And matter of fact, even right now, uh, Nazareth is uh, does have a small... Christian community, yep. Arab Christians. Now you're you're looking at the map of the tribal separation, right? That's, so that's right. going to be more of like a, a, a time of Joshua map. But yeah. since the time of Joshua, uh, the northern kingdom has been you know scattered. Yeah, that's right. The southern kingdom has gone to Babylon right, and come that back. A light would come forth from that area, right? And so somewhere in that time frame, there was a group called the Samaritans, right? That have this area of Samaria. So in the south, you have Judea, right? And to the north. You don't really have the northern kingdom of Israel. You have right. this new province that they've coined the name Samaria. Right. Galilee is even further north of Samaria. So to get to Galilee, you have to go through this Samaritan area. That's true. I mean, you know, but, but it goes back to the prophecy, though, you know, that a light would come forth from that I, area. I'm just talking about contemporary mindset for the Jewish people that are thinking of something good coming out of Nazareth. They're thinking like, wait, no, no, no. Why would the, a prophet come out of Nazareth? The prophets need to come out of Jerusalem, right? You know, I don't know how what the percentage is. Very, very high that Yeshua did most of his miracles in the northern kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. And where was his headquarters? Yeah, in Capernaum. Capernaum. Yeah. So Capernaum was his headquarters, the right. north of the. And Capernaum's near what? The coast. It's right there on the north of Galilee. Yeah. And so, very interesting. Even the the remains of a synagogue there. Uh, so yeah, so the town of Nazareth was despised in the time of Yeshua. So uh, what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 23? So I like it because it confirms for me uh, Genesis chapter 1 in the, um, the section for day 4. And I think it's like verse 14 or something like that, where it talks about that God created the sun, moon, and stars for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, That's right? True. That the signs in the heaven, because literally the birth of Yeshua was written in the stars. He said, here's the sign. When the sign comes, you'll know that the Messiah is being born. Well, yeah, because remember, it's the fourth day. 
of creation. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So a day is still as a thousand years, a thousand years is as one day. Right. So it was approaching the year 4,000. As a matter of fact, it's been stated that there's a lot of sons named Yeshua. Right. At that time, salvation. But listen, it took people from the nations to understand and interpret the prophecy and accurately interpret it to show up at, right. to, to the place. There was an anticipation. So I like that idea because Something was coming. I'm out here in the nations, you know, so I feel like I feel pretty yeah. good about that. And that of maybe course they, 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 I can read this they, and interpret it. You know, even to this day, they say that the Messiah will bring peace. That's right. how they'll know he's the Messiah. That's among Judaism. That's their sticker, that his guy will bring peace. But I, I have an excellent peace because of the Messiah. Hitler wanted peace. <laughs> no. A piece of no, Czechoslovakia, no, 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 no. a piece of Poland. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, um, it's like, I got a piece of steel. <laughs> so, so, so what's your other point? Do you have my, two points? My other point um, was that uh, God is the man with the plan. You know? That's true. He's the man with the plan. You know, we went through uh, Rachel's children, and we've spent a lot of time talking about you know Northern Kingdom, Southern Kingdom, all these ideas and thoughts and all these things. And the fact is that God divorced the Northern Kingdom, and Jeremiah three eight is right? the divorce yeah. exactly right. And then now He's going to come and make a way for them to be remarried, right? And so I look at this and I just see that we have a choice to make and that we can either be willing and in energetic and enthusiastic participants in God's plan or not. And I think that there's probably more benefit uh, in my estimation to being a willing and enthusiastic participant in God's plan. Amen. That's good. You know, I was just thinking the times in which we're living supernatural signs, wonders, miracles or whatever. But uh, I was just thinking Number one, God can fulfill his plan through dreams, visions, and angels. So let's say you're going about your business. You, you've got God's plan. You're, you're making good choices. Well, God can come to you in a dream. Right. A vision. An angel. We need to entertain angels unawares. It's funny that you one. say that because I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know, everybody believes the word they receive from the Lord. And then they know when they know it's a word from the Lord, they receive it. With gladness. Right. But everyone is always skeptical of everyone else's work. <laughs> you ever notice that? Like, ah. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> the thing that I've learned is that the, the thought just crossed my mind. The thought just crossed my mind. If you want to be righteous and you want to do good, yeah. God will bring those people in your life. Hallelujah. I just got that revelation. Because it makes I like sense. It. I don't want unwise associations. No, 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 no. I want to hang around good people, righteous people. Yes. People that want to choose life, not death. Right. You know, so, so number one, God can fulfill his plan through dreams, visions, and angels. Number two, my, my, my second thought is this. Satan has always wanted to kill the seed of the Messiah, mm. but failed to do so. Sure did. He now is going after God's children, mm -hmm. the seed of God's children. Revelation twelve seventeen and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, mm. which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's me. It goes back to Genesis three fifteen enmity between the seeds. That's so we're you. The righteous seed. You have the testimony of Jesus Christ and the commandments of God. So I like that. Wait, that means that we're part of the fight. Then we got to put our dukes up. The Bob I, I and really, Weave really, really, really like that, Ryan. That Do some is spiritual exercise. Thing. Remember now, Cain killed Abel back in the beginning here. 
trying to kill the seed. Pharaoh killed all the young males born in Egypt. That's right. Herod's trying to kill the seed. Now we have the shedding of innocent blood, you know, in America and different things. And Jonathan Kahn tends to believe that this worldwide pandemic is a result of the baby boomers paying the price for passing this law, Roe versus Wade. For for bad decisions. For bad decisions, the setting up, shedding of innocent blood. Right. Now, that's his thought. Yeah. I'm just saying that, notice that it's the older generation that's more affected. Yeah. The ones in their 60s, 70s, which would have been the generation at the time of Roe versus Wade. You know, we started this conversation talking about who we are going to see in heaven. I don't think we're going to see uh, Pharaoh or Herod. Now, that's just my estimation, but you know, I, I just, always, I always I don't say see this. a way. <laughs> I always say this. When we get to heaven, we're going to see people. Yeah. We're going to see people. Uh-huh. And we're going to say, I can't believe I you're I can't believe here. you made it. <laughs> and they're going to look at you. I can't believe you're here. Yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? So, so what an incredible uh, chapter. Uh, That's a lot. You know, praise God that we can laugh and enjoy that because we have the assurance of the blood of Christ that we will be there. We have eternal life right now. That's right. And I'm just so thankful for that. Well, you can close this out in prayer. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, thank you so much. We're just so glad. We're so thankful that you sent your son into the earth so that we would have a way to be in covenant relationship with you. May we be good stewards, Lord. May we look at our daily lives through the lens of the fruit of the Spirit, that we would be more like your Son every single day, Father. We love you and we thank you in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, listen, make sure you like and subscribe. I put these little journals here. Um, I believe on the website they're they're sold out, but you can get them still. I think they're doing a reprint of this year's journal. Did you tell them what website? Uh, it's Ariel Media. So you just, just Google Ariel Media Daily Bread. How do you spell that? Ariel, A-R-I-E-L. Ariel Media. Um, and so you can find that on their website. Daily Torah portions with the rest of Scripture. That's correct. So what it does is it actually goes by the Torah portions and the Haftorahs, but then it also takes the whole New Testament and it spreads it out. And instead of you reading like the whole portion in a day, it actually splits it up over the course of seven days. Which is great. It is fantastic. It is a great little reading plan. I read mine this morning and it was like, wow, what a refreshing like morning to have. So I recommend it. Right, I think it's twenty nine dollars. Uh, it's a hardback. It has you know pages for you to write your little notes on and stuff with the daily portions on there. It also has cool little things about uh, the calendar and all kinds of cool stuff. So um, I've got that's it. That's it. That's Let's all I've got. It. All right, bless you guys. Have a great week.